This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm your host, Jamie DiPolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. We're podcasting live from the European Society for Medical Oncology 2019 Congress in Barcelona, Spain. My guest is Dr. George Sledge, Professor of Medicine and Head of the Oncology Division at Stanford University. A former president of the American Society of Clinical Oncology, he specializes in breast cancer research. He has published extensively on the treatment of metastatic breast cancer and has been honored with numerous awards for his work. At this conference, he presented overall survival results from the Monarch II study, which used Verzenio and Fazlidex to treat metastatic hormone receptor positive HER2 negative breast cancer that was previously treated with hormonal therapy. Dr. Sledge, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jane. Happy to be here. So in case anybody isn't familiar, could you give us a brief overview of the Monarch II study? Sure. Monarch II uh, was a trial that looked at patients with estrogen receptor positive HER2 negative advanced breast cancer. These were patients who were considered endocrine resistant, defined either as having had prior uh, endocrine therapy in the adjuvant setting and then having uh, progressed by a long adjuvant endocrine therapy or shortly thereafter in the first year. Or alternatively, patients who had metastatic estrogen receptor positive breast cancer that progressed while on active endocrine therapy. These patients were uh, then randomized in a two to one fashion to either receive a democycline plus fulvestrin or to receive a placebo plus fulvestrin and then follow for progression and survival. Okay. And for this study, I know Verzenio was approved for use based on results from Monarch II that showed better progression-free survival. Now you have data on better overall survival. So this is a big deal, right? Indeed. So I, let me, if I may start with progression-free sure. survival, because there's a little bit of an update there. Uh, the main findings in terms of mediums are essentially unchanged from what we reported two years ago. But what we now see with further follow-up is that using a landmark analysis of three years, roughly three times as many patients, uh, close to 30% versus 10%, uh, are still progression-free on the combination arm compared to those who just received cholesterol alone. Now, if we move on to overall survival, here's where we, of course, uh, saw uh, the greatest excitement, and that's to say that patients who received the combination of the democycline and cholesterol uh, had a 9.4 month improvement in overall survival compared to patients who received placebo plus fulvestrin. So a, a pretty significant improvement in terms of overall survival in an endocrine resistant population. And to the best of my knowledge, is the largest improvement in overall survival in this population that we've ever seen. Okay. And you said this was at three years of follow-up, correct? Well, we're looking at overall survival first. The progression-free survival data that I mentioned was, was what's called landmark analysis, looking at a specific time. But the overall survival is actually uh, looking quite a bit further out than three years at this point. Okay. And how long do you anticipate following the people in the study? Well, that's pre-specified. This was an uh, initial interim analysis. Uh, that was done with approximately 77% of the expected overall events for the final analysis. Okay, okay. Now let's talk a little bit about side effects. I know there was just a recent FDA announcement about uh, lung inflammation with CDK4-6 inhibitors. Did you see any new, different, more severe side effects in this study? I guess first in terms of uh, common side effects. 
effects, which we define as those that occurred in 20% or more. Uh, our results are virtually identical to what we saw at the initial presentation two years ago. Uh, patients uh, uh, on all CDK4-6 inhibitors experience neutropenia. The rates are uh, less for femicycline than they are, are for other members of this class. In contrast, the rates of diarrhea are, more, are higher for, for femicycline than other members of the, of the class, though these are easily manageable. Uh, in terms of the new safety signals, as, as, as you mentioned, there's been this emerging signal of interstitial lung disease. This, uh, uh, appears to be seen across the class of drugs. Uh, interestingly, it has a very regional signal. It's seen much more commonly in Japan, for reasons we don't know, hmm. uh, than it is uh, anywhere else. Uh, I think this will require much further follow-up. The definition for interstitial lung disease uh, is relatively non-specific, so I don't think any of us know exactly what it means or what causes it or what to do about it. But I think it is an important signal that we'll need to follow. Okay, and that is treatable, correct? If it's noticed by the doctor? Well, well first, in the great majority of cases, this is a, a early grade, a grade one or two toxicity. Okay. Um, uh, secondly, for, for patients uh, where it's been noticed, uh, many of the patients on the trial discontinued therapy. Uh, whether or not that was the right thing to do or not is a different question. Uh, uh, and some patients uh, uh, had their therapy held and, and recovered. Okay. Now, what does this mean for people who've been diagnosed with this particular type of breast cancer? Well, uh, progression-free survival, I find, is one of those endpoints that patients don't quite get uh, because it's, it's, it's more of a, a geeky breast cancer statistical endpoint than something that resonates with patients. Overall survival, I think, resonates with both patients and doctors, and that is to say, everyone wants to live longer. Uh, and uh, a nine-plus month improvement in overall survival uh, is, frankly, a big deal for metastatic estrogen-sensitive breast cancer. Uh, and it's uh, certainly something that uh, should encourage physicians to, to use uh, CDK4-6 inhibitors for patients with metastatic disease. I, I think. Uh, from my standpoint, whenever one sees a statistically significant and clinically important improvement in overall survival, that now becomes a standard of care approach for treatment uh, of patients with metastatic disease. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time.